Hello, I'm Paulette Lee, and you're listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. If you're over 60, you're still worthy of being heard. My 26-year-old grandson has come to live with me. It may not be forever, maybe not even long term, but he was in a place where he needed some stability and a safe place to land, and it was a good decision for both of us. We've agreed that in a few months we'll assess and discuss the future. It's only been a month, but so far it's going well. We have had one fight, blew up at each other, talked it out, and worked it out. It's an adjustment for both of us. I'll talk more about adult grandchildren living with grandparents in a bit, but first, the reason for this podcast episode is because I've been asking myself, how do I grandparent an adult? The inclination to parent, whether one's own children or one's grands, the child we've spent years parenting is natural. It is hard not to tell the child, no matter what his or her age, take a sweater. The Ethel is a weekly newsletter from AARP for women 55 plus. In her article, Anyone Out There Parenting Adult Children, Renee Langmuir, L-A-N-G-M-U-I-R, quotes Philadelphia-based marriage and family therapist Herb Cohen as saying, quote, These relationships come in so many flavors, there can't be a common formula. Parenting adult children challenges us to tolerate, even welcome, a delicious tension between yesterday's, today's, and tomorrow's evolution of what it means to be in a family, unquote. Now, I've done a previous podcast on living intergenerationally, but this time I want to place the emphasis on the actual parenting role, whether or not you're actually living with your adult child or grandchild. In her article for The Ethel, Langmuir goes on to say, quote, According to a team of researchers describing three landmark studies investigating baby boomers' intergenerational relationships, radical change has been fueled by a staggering number of societal changes. Relationships between parents and adult children have been affected by the women's movement, the sexual revolution, a rise in divorce rates, arrival of new technologies, the economic downturn, and most recently, the pandemic. These events have stressed adult children who have financial struggles and unstable jobs, as well as difficulty in finding partners, immigration, gender issues, single parenting, and the dissolution and reconstitution of families also play their role. Continuing to quote from Langmuir's um, The Ethel article, certainly we aging mothers are aware of these factors. We've lived through them, but our children have been more impacted by them. Perhaps some comfort can be taken in acknowledging that there are a host of factors outside our control that affect our relationships with our children. Cohen, the Philadelphia-based therapist, encourages us to practice thoughtful parenting. This involves a robust dialogue and a sensitivity to the challenges our adult children face. Though we all strive for closeness, if our history was defined by over-involvement with our children, Perhaps more distance is needed in the relationship. 
if we were distant from our children, parenting now should display more involvement. Hopefully, the many years we have remaining as parents offer a chance for great healing, unquote. Healing can be a particular challenge in mother-adult-daughter relationships. An online article from the site A Conscious Rethink asks, why are so many mother-daughter dynamics so unhealthy? <clears throat> the article is directed to the daughter, but I think it's helpful too for mothers to consider. For example, and I quote here, when women are lamenting the fact that they don't have the loving, accepting, supportive mom they've always wanted, they often forget that mothers are women too. They've likely been raised with toxic ideas about how to relate to other women, and they'll extend that behavior toward their daughters as well. This may result in mothers seeing their daughters as competition for other people's attention, including fathers, other older female family members, and children slash grandchildren. It can also manifest in the mother trying to live vicariously, whether through uh, issues involving her appearance, her hobbies, or her career. Unquote. The, article goes on, uh, the article goes on to delineate some of the most common difficult mother-daughter dynamics and what we can do to improve them. For example, a mother who refuses to acknowledge that her daughter is an adult. Your daughter might have an amazing career, several kids, and or countless other accomplishments under her belt, and yet she thinks you still speak to her like she's an incompetent child. As the mother, you may feel a sense of loss that your little girl doesn't need you anymore, and you may not even realize that your idea of helping can be controlling and overstepping. If you have lived vicariously through your daughter, wanting what's best for her because it reflected positively on you, you may not be acknowledging that your daughter is a separate entity with her own wants and interests but instead is someone whose achievements are extensions of your own. Are you guilt-tripping your daughter about your own sacrifices? Are you asking her or have you asked her to do it for me? If so, are you then enabling your daughter to ignore her own wants and needs for the sake of keeping other people happy? Are you encouraging a people pleaser instead of an independent adult? Are you being manipulative by remaining obstinate about what you want, or maybe even trying to sabotage her endeavors? Instead, perhaps ask her if you can take part in her life as she is running it. That could assuage your need to be needed and hers to be independent. What about that all-time favorite line, I'm just kidding, can't you take a joke? Maybe your daughter can't take a joke, and when it's flimsily disguised as an insult, it's particularly difficult to laugh at it. Maybe you should own it for what it is. Apologize and stop it. I know my own mother liked to uh, say to me, oh, you're too sensitive, not wanting to accept responsibility for the hurtful things she said or did. Here's another thought from that article, again written to the daughter, quote, it's great for mothers and daughters to be on good terms, but things can get really uncomfortable if your mom is the type who wants to be your best friend. The idea might be kind of sweet in theory, but kids have friends their own age. They need their parents to be just that, parents. When a mother insists that she and her daughter need to be the besties ever, 
serious imbalances happen. You can't be an authority figure and a close friend at the same time because any attempt at discipline will be undermined by the friendship. I'm going to put a personal note here and ask, yes, but are you disciplining your adult daughter? Should that be your role? Or is friendship a more likely role that you should be taking on? So I'm not so sure I <laughs> agree with this article. But it goes on to say, who wants to confide in their mother about relationships or get hammered on Kahlua shots at your engagement party together? A mother who wants to be a friend rather than a parent may be trapped in arrested development land. This behavior can signify perpetual adolescence on your, that is the mother's part, which can be uncomfortable for your daughter to contend with as an adult, unquote. Okay, so the questions are, uh, this article also ask or, or uh, bring forth, are you a mother who plays favorites, who has a golden child who can do no wrong while basically ignoring the others? Alternatively, your daughter might be the type who gives someone the cold shoulder if they don't behave the way she wants you to. Neglecting and ignoring someone for not behaving a certain way is a form of control and abuse and is sadly much more common than we might realize. In the perpetual critic mother-daughter dynamic, nothing your daughter ever does is good enough. You criticize everything, her appearance, clothing choices, personality, friends. Maybe you compare your daughter to yourself and she feels she comes out with the short end of the stick. Maybe you criticize her in front of other people, whether it's an attempt to modify her behavior to suit what you'd prefer or simply because it amuses you to do so. I know these things are sort of tough to hear. I think of how I may have been toward adult children and wonder uh, which of these I've committed. I don't wonder, I actually know. <laughs> the article concludes, quote, sometimes healing the relationship isn't an option. Even though we like to hope that we can mend a difficult relationship with enough time, effort, and love, the truth is that sometimes it just doesn't work. A parent-child relationship is still a relationship between two people. And some people will just never get along, regardless of how much effort we put into that dynamic. If nothing has worked, and including going to therapy or counseling, if that's your choice, then the last remaining option is distance." End quote. A July 2022 article by the manufacturers of the All's Well Alert System and I'm not too sure what that is, but I liked the article, which is entitled Six Steps to a Normal Parent-Adult-Child Relationship, says, quote, there are several cornerstones of a close-knit and deeply trusted parent and adult-child relationship. By committing to these principles, you will show each other care, acceptance, and encouragement. These relationship elements may eliminate miscommunication problems between you and your adult kids. The principles are mutual respect, commitment, compromise, and mutual benefit, appreciating what each has to offer. And then the six strategies this article suggests are one, be a grandparent, not a parent. The kids expect you to be a loving grandparent, so step aside and let them be parents for your grandchildren. 
be willing to accept and respect their decisions on what after-school activities grandchildren should take, what schedules to follow, and so forth. <clears throat> Two, second strategy, make room for others in their lives. Remember that your son or daughter also has a commitment to their spouse and in-laws. They also have friends, co-workers, and many other people to spend time with. Show your emotional support by embracing the people your adult kid loves and accept that a married person naturally puts their partner first. Three, respect personal boundaries. Personal space is crucial for emerging adults to gain confidence in making decisions and nurture their individuality. Don't pay visits without invitation and choose appropriate hours for lengthy phone chats. Four, share your favorite activities. Have fun and share a common passion, but don't forget to ask your children what they like before arranging any activity. <clears throat> Settle a disagreement effectively is the fifth strategy. The tension between young and old generations is hard to avoid, but there are some approaches you can take. Don't rush to oppose your kids' thoughts. Let them talk without commenting. Remember, if you wish to be heard, express yourself in an appropriate tone and give reasons without the taunts. <laughs> oh my, I think I'm really guilty in this one. Sometimes it might be better to take a break from each other to calm down, I would agree. Go um, to unwind or sleep on it to come up with a balanced solution. And uh, strategy number six is be willing to listen rather than talk. It's hard to overestimate the role of restraint in normal parent-adult-child relationships. Before you bring in any suggestion you deem unquestionably right, take a few seconds to reconsider the situation. Perhaps, after all, there's nothing worth being concerned about. And there's still another challenge to being the parent of an adult child, and that's getting rid of their stuff once they're out of the house. A May 29, 2023 Next Avenue article offers these tips. One, give your kids a deadline. If they don't meet it, tell them you're going to throw or give this stuff away. For distance or distant children, that means living far away, text them photos and ask them to mark what they want and ship it to them or hold for them to pick it up and don't accept excuses. Two, determine who really has the problem. You because you want the memories or want the space or them because they can't be bothered. Three, be ready to counter arguments such as, but you don't use that space. The answer is, I may want to, I may move, or it's my space and I want it. And four, break it down into phases. Sort, decide, pack up, throw away or donate. <clears throat> now, back to my situation and that of nearly a third of Americans from 18 to 25 who live at home with their parents or other relatives, including increasingly their grandparents. The September 30th, 2022 New York Times article, Living with Adult Grand Grandchildren, cites Generations United, a nonprofit based in Washington, D.C., as referring to, quote, skipped generations, unquote, being stronger because, quote, the grandchildren and grandparents can approach each other as individuals. 
Grandparents in this instance aren't seen as authority figures, and grandchildren aren't viewed by grandma and grandpa as tots needing guidance and a lecture or three. Grandchildren and grandparents have their own discrete needs. The grandchildren still in school or in low-paying entry-level jobs are looking for deeply affordable housing with very tolerant landlords. The grandparents, not as young as we once were, may be contending with decreased mobility, health challenges, or isolation. Furthermore, both sides of the age divide come to the table armed with their own skill sets. The grandchildren can demystify technology and uh, social media. In turn, we as the grandparents can share family lore and give the grandchildren a sense of their roots and a sense of perspective. That perspective being, we've been there, we've done that, we've seen it before, and no, actually, your generation is not that different. Well, I hope the content in this episode has been as illuminating for you as it frankly has been for me, and I really needed it. Resources will be posted on the Woman Worthy Facebook page as usual. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. You have been listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. Tune in wherever you receive your podcasts with new episodes every Monday morning. You can leave your comments by downloading the Podbean app to your device and on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. I'm Paulette Lee. I hope you found this program worthy of your time.